Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp, managing editor, FightfulMMA.com, FightfulWrestling.com, Fightful.com. You know we cover it all, and we have it all tonight. Canelo versus Kovalev, UFC 244, the MLW show, even New Japan. There's lots going on over at Fightful.com. FightfulMMA.com had UFC 244. If you're not in those live discussions, you're missing out, my friends. Hundreds, thousands of comments over there, people talking to you about MMA. It's the place to be. Lots of lots of good stuff over at Fightful.com. Make sure you guys check it out. Uh, now, obviously, plenty to talk about on tonight's uh, UFC show. And, man, a controversial ending to say the least. It is a, a rough ending for this. And, obviously, a rematch is set. But, man... Man, this was not ideal. But the rest of the show is pretty good. First off, I want to send a big middle finger, F you, to DAZN, the streaming service that shows Canelo versus Kovalev. Uh, we do not have live streaming privileges on our MMA channel right now because DAZN hit us with a copyright strike for Carlos's podcast that had not aired yet. That's right, Carlos had a podcast scheduled for after. After Kovalev versus Canelo... DAZN hits up YouTube. They did this to another channel, too, and said, oh, they're using our, our content. We weren't using our content. It was going to be Carlos's face sitting in there reviewing a show. So I encourage you guys, hit up DAZN at any of their handles. Let them know how ridiculous this is. There's a thread on my Twitter. This, you know, this, our, our live stream revenue is very important to us at Fightful because uh, we do a lot of these shows for free. So that was very, very weird that they would flag something that, literally didn't exist yet that's so dumb they just went through and got people who had events set up that said Kovalev versus Canelo and copyright struck them and YouTube allowed it so ridiculous but leave a thumbs up on this video subscribe let DAZN know that they suck real bad let's talk about UFC 244 my friends that's why we're all here 
Reminder, we do have an MMA and boxing channel. It's youtube.com slash FightfulMMABoxing. <clears throat> Hakeem Dawadu defeated Julio Arce via split decision. Dawadu was not happy despite the win. He's won four in a row after losing his late-notice UFC debut with the quickness. His only standout performance in that streak was against Hori back in July, but leg kicks caused Arce to wobble early on, or hobble early on, rather, and uh, Arce was able to get a takedown but couldn't do anything much with it, and Dawadu got on top of him. Uh, the fight ends with both throwing hands, but this was nowhere near as good as I thought it would be, and Dawadu gets his fourth win in a row. That's big for him. He he got choked out pretty quickly in his UFC debut that he took on late notice. Uh, that news broken by Fightful, by the way. It's... Uh, a good sign for Dawadu. He overcame some adversity. He, he fought through this. That's fine. Former Bellator champion Lyman Good finished Chance Rencounter. Good just kept found, finding success with his punches, even when he was getting kicked by Rencounter. Commentary was acting like Good was gassed in the first, but uh, if he was, he didn't sell it, buddy. Didn't sell it uh, by the end of this one because he dropped ring counter he just kept tagging him over and over again and mercifully in the third round good put ring counter away after dropping him and following him to the ground with ground and pound uh, Lyman good gets the win and that's good for UFC prelim cards because that's probably where he's staying for quite some time <clears throat> now on the I still think this is on the fight pass prelims or maybe it was on the the Fox broadcast. Either way, number one, Caitlin Shikagan defeated number five, flyweight Jennifer Maya via unanimous decision. Jennifer Maya missed weight again, and she was she was adamant in saying that she was not moving up to 135. She's going to enlist the help of a professional. Uh, the story of the first two and a half rounds of this fight was Caitlin doing what Caitlin Shikagan does. Technical striking, speed, footwork to outpoint Maya. It's the story that Shikagian tells in every single one of her fights that she wins. And you know, I'm sure the UFC isn't like thrilled that Caitlin Shikagian doesn't finish fights. But she's a very good fighter. Very good fighter. I, I don't know if any of you saw her amateur fights. But it was very evident even back then like that she was going to be really good. Maybe not number one uh, ranked fighter in the world good. But it was pretty clear that she was going to be a standout fighter. And that skill set has just continued to build and build and build. And she might be next in line to face Shevchenko, Shevchenko, which probably is not going to hit a pay-per-view. But man, they could do that in a couple months. Shikagan didn't take really any damage here. Uh, Maya ended up taking her down, but nothing happened. I'll tell you what happened. Jair Rosenstruck just clapped up. Andre Arlovsky, boy, Rosenstruck's going to be in the uh, top 15 rankings come next week. He should be, at least. He immediately went after Arlovsky and finished him, and that was it. Rosenstruck continues to look awesome. There's not a lot to break down here. He punched Arlovsky in the face. Arlovsky went out. For all the talk for years that Arlovsky had a glass jaw, he did for a period. Ten years ago. Ten years ago was the last time that Arlovsky got finished quicker than this, and that was to Brett Rogers. Otherwise, uh, he's extended his career and extended his career, and Arlovsky will keep fighting in the UFC because there are guys like Rosenstruck, because there are guys that can make a name off of him. Also, I think it's hilarious that everybody that calls out Arlovsky 
never gets Arlovsky. And they don't deserve to. Because if you're calling out Andre Arlovsky in 2019, you're probably a giant pussy in the UFC. If you're calling out the guy that's been beaten six, seven, eight times over the last two or three years just because he wears a fang mouth guard and held a title 15 years ago, that doesn't say great things about your management, doesn't say great things about uh, where you're looking to advance in your career right off the bat. Because here's the thing. Arlovsky doesn't usually have good fights one way or another. They're usually absolute dog shit fights. Just boring. This was a rarity. Stop calling out Andre Arlovsky. Jair Rosenstruck looks awesome. Awesome. Arlovsky's won one of his last six. Damn. Uh, Rosenstruck is 3-0 and in like the last nine months in the UFC, I think. And uh, <clears throat> I think three fights in the last year that ended in under a minute. It's impressive. Edmund Shabazian was very impressive. He brutally kicked Brad Tavares, number 11, in the face, buddy. Whew. Shabazian single-handedly reinvigorating Glendale Fight Club and helping uh, reestablish Edmund Tavardian's just career, life, reputation. Shabazian is real good, and this was a big test for him. And Tavares had faced a bit of a layoff, if I'm remembering correctly, but Shabazian is fighting two spots up in the rankings. <clears throat> Fed Tavares a filthy right hand and a head kick, and that was it. Remains undefeated. He looked unbelievable. He wants a, a top 10 opponent. I want him to see a top 10 opponent. I want him on a main card of an ESPN show. Or a pay-per-view. I don't care. Put him early on a pay-per-view or high on a, a an ESPN show. Like main event or co-main event or thir- third from the top. Oh, I like that. This You all got to look out for Edmund Shabazian. So we're looking at early on in this UFC show... It's good. Hakeem Dawadu, four wins in a row. Lyman Good, former Bellator champ, gets a win. Caitlin Chikagian probably set herself up for a title fight. Jair Rosenstruck probably hits the top 15 and knocked out Arlovsky. Edmund Shabazian looked awesome. Also, Shane Burgos looked good, number 12. Makwan Amir Khani is a little more inconsistent than his record shows. Shane Burgos finished him in round two, and this... this was a really good performance for him. And Amir Khani looked really promising early on, but just hasn't consistently been there since. He's had trouble staying active, and now that he is, he runs into a problem. And Shane Burgos is a problem. Uh, Burgos finished this one in the second round, and he continues to climb the ladder. He's won three in a row, six of his seven UFC fights. And I, I thought that Amir Khani was a fitting opponent for him if you're going to fight at an unranked guy, but I think you should get a better guy next time out, maybe a top 10. I'd be okay with that. By the way, Canelo versus Kovalev, if you're watching this live, is underway. And if you are watching this live, leave a thumbs up, subscribe. Donate a super chat, any amount. I'll read your question or statement on the air. Helps us pay the bills a little bit, especially with DAZN effing us big time. So, Corey Anderson, number seven, just owned number 11, Johnny Walker. Now, here's the thing. UFC had not announced John Jones versus Dom Reyes yet, but I bet they will now. The, the reason being, Johnny Walker is on such a hot streak and such a wave 
that you just you the UFC owed it to themselves to see how this fight with Corey Anderson played out. If Johnny Walker stepped in there and one hitter quittered, Corey Anderson, uh, cool, throw him to the Wolves, throw him to John Jones. However, if Corey Anderson wins, all right, you can probably do Dom Reyes or you can do Corey Anderson. You've got options now. You would have had options either way, Johnny Walker or Dom Reyes. But now you've got the Corey Anderson, Dom Reyes option, and it's a little bit more clear. Uh, Dom Reyes, more consistent than Corey Anderson, even though Anderson has won four in a row. But Corey Anderson got inside and just cracked Johnny Walker. I don't know how Johnny Walker stayed upright for a while, but he got back up, and the ref finished it on the feet. Uh, Anderson really was a little too aggressive in dealing with that ref in trying to run back towards Walker. And, I mean, I get it. Not Okay, I want to say this. I don't want to say nobody was giving Corey Anderson a chance because lots of people were giving Corey Anderson a chance. A lot of people who had any idea about fighting gave Corey Anderson a very good chance because Johnny Walker is very green. He's very green. So I know that Corey Anderson is... Probably like, oh, everybody wrote me off. No, everybody didn't. And I, I don't want to quote the guy because I didn't hear him say that. But nobody with a brain should have written Corey Anderson off. He always had a very good chance in this fight. It's just most people thought it was because of his wrestling. Then he stepped in and molly whopped old Johnny Walker. Left him sitting sideways. Mm. Now, here's the thing. Even though Johnny Walker just lost on the prelims of a pay-per-view show, bet you anything he headlines an ESPN show next time out. Probably in, like, Egypt or something. At one in the afternoon, he it's going to be, like, him and Jan Blahovich or something like that. Probably. Yuck. Corey Anderson with the big win. Got a lot of praise, too. Daniel Cormier said... I said something about Corey Anderson a couple years ago, said he wasn't ready. Now he is. <clears throat> you could do a lot worse than Corey Anderson winning this fight, too, by the way. I know a lot of people are like, ah, well, Corey Anderson just ruined the UFC's plans. I, I don't know. Did he really? He's a 30-year-old guy who was who had won three fights in a row. Look at the guys he's beaten. Patrick Cummins, Elor Latifi, Glover Teixeira, Johnny Walker in his last run. Earlier on, he beat Tom Lawler and Jan Blahovich. Those are pretty good wins. Pretty solid wins there. Now, Johnny Walker's 27 years old. He's a little bit younger, uh, a little bit fresher, all that stuff. Uh, Anderson does have the losses to OSP, Manoa, Shogun, and Volante, who are all fairly decent fighters at the, at the very least. But <clears throat> Anderson's putting it all together now. And he hadn't impressed people with any of, any of his wins, really outside of the O'Connell wins, so this was a big one for him. I'll tell you about a big one. Kevin Lee went back to lightweight, made weight, looked a lot better. I was worried about this guy. Honestly, I don't think that until tonight, Kevin Lee had, I don't think he had looked the same since the staph infection. When I say the staph infection, I mean UFC 216, I mean October 2017, where he had a staph infection, and he still performed okay for a while against Tony Ferguson. And yeah, he beat he beat uh, Edson Barboza, but he missed weight. He blew weight. He lost to Iaquinta. He moved to welterweight, faced a small welterweight in Dos Anjos, and got beat, got his ass beat. 
But then he dropped back to 155, and I thought it was a bad idea. But I was, I was willing to see how it played out. And he takes on a Gregor Gillespie, who isn't a young man. He's 32, isn't inexperienced. He's 13-0 and was 6-0 and in the UFC. Has an outstanding wrestling pedigree. Um, I mean, my God, I think he finished in the top 10 in the country like four times in NCAA Division One. I think between 2006 and 2009, he did. Outstanding. Very, very good fighter that looked like he was on the come up in Gregor Gillespie. And Lee had kept that, sta- that stance low and was a lot more patient and stationary and set up a filthy head kick. Just a naughty head kick. Amazing. Amazing for Kevin Lee, who I like George St. Pierre, at one point thought he might be the future of the sport, man. Thought he might be the future of the whole sport. He's so charismatic, and he's so good, and he had a a good skill set, and is willing to step out and do a lot of different things. So, yeah, I I loved it. I, I thought that he was the guy, and he wasn't. He didn't seem like he was there for a while. Man, it's just, it's just good to see a guy not fall down that, that treacherous trail in which you can't climb yourself out of. And Kevin Lee did. Kevin Lee overcame it. Awesome. Also awesome, Derek Lewis, number five, defeating number eight, Blagoy Ivanov via split decision. Derek Lewis has the most confusing cardio in UFC history. I can't tell when this guy's really tired or not. He he manages to pace himself well, then just slugs it out. He's like, you know what? If I pass out while I'm throwing, uh, just throwing ham hocks at the end of his fist, uh, he'll do it. <clears throat> I thought that Ivanov would immediately be a top five fighter upon coming to the UFC. I thought he was that good. I did. He was World Series of Fighting Champion. He had a good Bellator run. Beat Fedor in Combat Sambo back in the day. Highly touted. Derek Lewis would later say he was trying to hit him in that booty hole thing he has on his chest. That was a stab wound. Blagoy Ivanov almost died once because he got stabbed. He got stabbed. Now, uh, Lewis... This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Played it out and clipped Ivanov early but couldn't finish him. They were chucking and ducking hard here. Uh, they, they both landed takedowns. I love the trip throw that Ivanov landed. 
But let me tell you my favorite part of this match. Uh, Ivanov landed what, what we call a, in catch wrestling a top wrist lock, which is a key lock to some people. It's a double wrist lock, upwards, bend it that way. So Ivanov had a good one on. But what he did is he folded Lewis's arm under. Now this is on the ground. He folded Lewis's arm like this and had it planted into the ground. And he let go, but put his weight on the elbow. So if you've ever seen Shayna Baszler in NXT, former UFC star, do the spot where she'll plant somebody's hand and then stomp the elbow... He had he had Lewis's hand briefly planted like that. Outstanding. I never see that in MMA. That was amazing. Go back and check that out. It's such a little thing that that didn't really matter in the long run because Derek Lewis got out of it, but just a just a super cool spot that I really love to see implemented into this fight. Derek Lewis won. Uh, man, he's such an entertaining guy. He's such an entertaining guy. Like, how can you... I mean, I get how you could dislike him for some of the things that he says, but the UFC is better off with him not having lost three fights in a row. He lost to Cormier, he lost to to Junior Dos Santos, but he got a win. And, I mean, it's not been that long since he got a win. 13 months, and he he beat Nganu, and he's beaten guys like Travis Brown. Like, he's got a good track record, and he's still relevant near the top of the division. I love it. Love it, man. Also, he trolled Donald Trump, who was in the crowd and got booed, by the way. said, I know things aren't going great in the White House. you got to turn it around in 2020. Oh, you just know Dana White's like, ah, oh, damn it, Derek. Let me heap some praise on number eight, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. What kind of a unicorn night is this? that we get exciting fights out of Stephen Thompson, Blagoy Ivanov, and Corey Anderson. All in the same night? If if you would have told me we're going one for three there, I'd have been like, not bad. Three for three? All of them had good fights? Come on, man. I haven't seen Stephen Thompson look this good in a long time. So Wonderboy hasn't looked this smooth in a while. Uh, he had the win over Masvidal, and that's cool. But he was he was brutal to Vicente Luque. Uh, and Luque is so hard to put away. He's like almost impossible to put away. But he had been on a hot streak. I honestly thought like he was going to obliterate Thompson. I thought he was going to counter Thompson. And he did several times. I, I should specify that. Thompson was pop- popping in and out of range. But the, the footwork and the technical striking were there. But the chin and the speed on the exit seemed a little bit reduced. But then, Wonderboy stepped on the gas and started to hit Luque a little bit harder. Like, a lot a lot of the best demolition derby drivers will tell you the best thing to do is tap and run, tap and run, tap and run. Not to go full track, as they call it, and just blast into people. You, you get countered. You hurt yourself that way. Wonderboy stepped it up and was willing to hurt himself here and there. And that's not something you see out of Wonderboy, who is... Gosh, I think now 36 years old. He'll be 37 the next time he fights, probably. And he he had to pick up a win. And the fact that he beat Masvidal two years ago looks pretty good now. Also, interesting note for Stephen Thompson. He's undefeated in fights in November over the last three years, but hasn't won any fights outside of November. So that's his... 
That's his month, apparently. Wonder Boy, I loved how aggressive he got. It wasn't him sitting around and waiting. It was him stepping in, being aggressive, landing strikes, and repeating. I I loved it. He dropped Luque in round three. That body kick that put Luque on his ass was real good. Big fan of that. Big fan of that. Darren Till finally moved up to 185 pounds. And this was a mixed bag matchup for him in facing Kelvin Gastelum. He won by split decision. Till was the number nine welterweight. Gastelum number four uh, middleweight. I say a mixed bag because Gastelum is a smaller middleweight. Maybe an, uh, an okay size one. But he was a big welterweight who moved up. Much like Teal did. However, Gastelum was an outstanding wrestler. Is an outstanding wrestler. This, however, was on the death slot of this card. Between all those other good fights and the main event, this one was, I mean, it it just, it wasn't there. Teal won this one and good for him. He got poked in the eye hard and was like, nope, let's go, let's go. I thought this was a boring fight. Teal managed to edge it out. I thought that was the the right call. I'm going to take a look at MMADecisions.com because I always like to do that for the uh, decisions that are read here. And I'm going to do that for the other ones as well. Uh, Darren Teal won across all media scorecards and 88% of fans. So uh, no, no question there. Thompson won his fight across all scorecards. Media and fans, 100%. Derek Lewis won across all media scorecards and 62% of fan scorecards. So, no questionable decision, so to speak, there. But Gaslam looked like he had step, taken a step back. Josh Watson in the live chat says Gaslam didn't look as good as he did against Asanya. Adesanya, yeah, I agree. Now, Teal is a much more imposing figure than Adesanya. Can't strike quite as well. I don't know how how hard he hits in comparison, but yeah, I thought that Gaston looked a lot better against against Adesanya. And here's the thing: Gaston will always be an inter- or always have that that opportunity of of being the uh, interim champion, I believe it was, or competing for the interim title. He wasn't the interim champion, but now he's lost two in a row. He's two. He's won two fights out of his last uh, five. I'm not going to say six because that overturned fight because of the marijuana metabolite is BS. But he's two and three in his last five. He's going to have to do something major in order to get back into the title hunt. There, um, you know, I, I don't hate the idea of Gastelum versus Whitaker. Don't hate it. I also don't hate Teal versus Whitaker, but. We'll see how it goes. The fight you are all here to talk about, the BMF Championship. Jorge Masvidal defeated Nate Diaz via ref stoppage to become the BMF Champion. After all the talk of a one-off, all the talk of it won't be defended, yeah it will. A doctor stoppage ends it. And quite frankly, a bullshit doctor stoppage at that. Masvidal came after Nate right away, and I love that Nate stepped away, and he's like, no, 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 let's go in the middle. 
Masvidal drilled Diaz with an elbow and a head kick, and I'm surprised that Diaz could survive that, but he's a tough dude. Say what you want about Diaz, but he's a tough dude. And you got all kinds of angry boxing fans right now, and I love boxing. I've literally got Kovalev versus Canelo on a screen to the left of me while this is happening, while, while I'm doing this stream. But they're saying, oh, look at their records. Look at this. Oh, my God. I can't believe. Oh, my God. This this is what's happening? And they're doing that a week before KSI versus Logan Paul blows a lot of their cards out of the water with pay-per-view buys. So, yeah. Boxing and MMA can both be hot. You can both have attractions. You can both have freak shows. You can both have fighters that people are invested in emotionally. That's what this was. People like Nate Diaz and people like Masvidal. The ref stands up Diaz after Masvidal kept him on his back. And it was very clear in the grappling exchanges that Masvidal was a lot stronger in the clinch. He pushed Diaz around at will. Diaz connected with a big right and they're back into the clinch and met in the middle after Masvidal kind of ran out and reset. But Diaz was able to get another big punch. But he got cut bad in the first round and that will play into... Uh, how things end up. Like, it's it's unfortunate. So, Masvidal went to the body often. And it was great. A lot of people expected Masvidal to go to the legs because that's that's a key to slowing down Diaz and turning him around. You chop away at his lead leg, the outside specifically, sometimes the inside, and he gets hurt. The thing with Diaz, though, is he never stops pressuring. No matter how much you, you attack with the legs, or you attack his legs, he still presses forward. The body kicks really seemed effective. Really seemed effective. More effective than the leg kicks that, that we've seen in previous uh, fights of Diaz. Now here's the thing. Diaz started to throw leg kicks of his own. He went into like a sideways stance, almost like MVP or Machida or Thompson, a more traditional karate kickboxing style at times. And I didn't know what caused that. I don't know if that's because he was trying to protect his body or, or what that may be. But it's something that I don't see a ton of out of him. Uh, they ended up on the ground after uh, a big right that put Diaz down. And Diaz rolled for a leg lock to no avail. Then in round three, Diaz really, really pressured Masvidal. Really pressured him. Poured it on in the middle of the round, and, and I thought Diaz or Masvidal was starting to feel it, but it wasn't out of gas. He started to throw hard, and then after the third round, the New York State Athletic Commission referee, or judge, not judge, not referee, damn, easy for me to say, the New York State Athletic Commission doctor stops the fight. Diaz was ready to fight. He was good to fight. I have seen literally hundreds of cuts worse than that. And fights not get stopped. Hundreds. All of you have too, probably. You'll, you'll probably see some next week. You'll, you'll, you might see one in a boxing fight as we go through it right now. This was an absolute dog shit doctor stoppage. There were two more rounds here. And if a Nate Diaz fight has shown you anything, those two rounds really matter. Do I think that Diaz was going to win this? No. Should he have been given the opportunity? Yes. Was he good to go? Yes. 
And that's why Joe Rogan gets in the cage and he says, let's run this back in Las Vegas. Because he doesn't want to deal with New York. Nobody wants to deal with New York. The taxes are too high. The commission's ridiculous. Man. So, Masvidal has Roberto Duran in the cage and immediately says, let's run this back. Nate Diaz says, let's run it back as soon as I'm healed up. So, if they want to run it back, it'll happen and it'll happen... They should do it Super Bowl weekend in Vegas, and they should do it in Vegas. Do it, do it again. It's a major fight. This was a great card, and I hate that this is how it ended because this UFC event kicked ass. The UFC badly needed a show that just was full of stars, full of exciting moments, and had buzz, and this show had that. A lot of times, like, you know, we cover boxing, MMA, pro wrestling. A lot of times, it's one or the other or the other. Very rarely do all three work in conjunction, where all three are are really hot. And let me tell you, after the underwhelming month that was October in pro wrestling, this was the opportunity for the UFC to kind of gather that buzz. I don't know how this this finish is going to do it for people. You'll have idiots say, rigged this, rigged that, dumb shit like that. Block them on social media. Block them. Tell them they're dumb. So, Diaz versus Masvidal, there is no other fight to make besides that. I know a lot of people are saying, Connor, this, blah, blah, blah. No, this is the fight to make. There's interest in this. However, here's the thing. UFC often avoids the fight that needs to be made. They they avoided Masvidal versus Edwards. They avoided Covington versus Usman for a long time. They avoided a lot of that. Hopefully you guys don't avoid FightfulMMA.com. We have a Twitter over at FightfulMMA. You all can follow that. Jeremy Lambert's going to, or probably is right now, doing the uh, post-show presser tweets. And I'll... Uh, I'll ask. I'll go over there and, and check those out right now to see how things are going. If there is, if the presser is actually happening right now, yeah, it is. Uh, Stephen Thompson's out there. I'll run through that really quickly. Stephen Thompson says that Vicente is uh, the toughest guy he's faced with the hardest head and wants to work his way back up in the rankings. And that's really as far as we got. But we will have the full coverage of that over there. We'll have it on FightfulMMA.com. Man, it's just a shame. A great, amazing card with a terribly bad finish. And here's the thing. It could be a lot worse. Let's talk about the future for the UFC. Masvidal versus Diaz, gotta happen. Diaz is ready for it? Do it, man. To me, anything you get out of a Nate Diaz is a bonus for the UFC. So you defend that again. You're not holding up any divisions. It's the BMF championship. And I hope they keep doing it. I don't care what purists say. I don't care. I I, I don't want some dork that's like, oh, you don't appreciate Leota Machida's style. You're not a purist. No, it's boring. It's often boring. And I like a BMF championship. I like The Rock showing up and putting the title on people. It's neat. Okay. Darren Teal moved up in weight. 
Got to win it. Well, got to win it middleweight. That's good. Steven Thompson, a former title challenger, gets a big win. Derek Lewis, a charismatic heavyweight, gets a big win. Kevin Lee, a former title challenger, moves back to uh, lightweight, gets a big win. Corey Anderson, a guy uh, who a lot of people had thought would never compete at the top levels of this light heavyweight division, derails a hype train. And now people will talk about Corey Anderson. Shane Burgos gets a win. He's going to move up in the rankings. Edmund Shabazian continues to look awesome. And Brad Tavares, nobody was really talking about him anyway. Jair Rosenstruck gets a quick win. He looked awesome. Caitlin Chikagian probably gets a title shot. You got a former Bellator champion, Lyman Good, who got a win. And then you got Hakeem Dawadu, who continued to look good and uh, continued his win streak. A lot of wins for the UFC on this show. Thank you guys so much. Follow me at Sean Ross Sapp. Check out our MMA coverage, guys. If you all go over to Fightful MMA and you all retweet that stuff, it really helps us. Obviously, wrestling's our bread and butter. But uh, everything helps, guys, and, and I truly appreciate you guys. Until next time, we're out. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.